All right, so this morning we're going to do something uh, completely different and out the box. Uh, normally this is the time where we nestle down to a kind of a 35, 40-minute sermon, and uh, we're not going to be doing that this morning. We are going to be doing a, an interview. I'm going to be conducting an interview with Ken and Michelle, and, um, and then we're going to give Ken and Michelle an opportunity to, uh, to minister over us as a church, and we're going to see what, what God would do through this all. Ken and Michelle, um, for those that don't know them, um, have been visiting church in the city for the last 14 years. Um, I think pretty much every year for the last 14 years. And um, Ken and Michelle uh, started or planted a church in Leesburg, Virginia about 16 years ago and um, handed that church over probably four, three or four years ago, three years ago to their son. Um, they are still part of that church and still uh, have that church as their, as their base, but now are traveling uh, into other churches to help strengthen and encourage um, the church's leadership teams. And Ken and Michelle are particularly gifted in the area of the prophetic and, um, and just moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And so we, we have continually, over the last 14 years, had them into our church and um, for them to come in and strengthen and, and, and encourage us. And um, we've, we set aside some time on Friday night where we had some worship and a wonderful time of, of ministry. And, and again, this morning, uh, we, we, we are expecting for God to, to use them. Now, can I just say that um, when, when we do have... Uh, Ephesians 4 gifts. Ephesians 4 speaks of five particular gifts that God gives to the church, uh, the, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. Um, can I just say all of those with a little uh, letter, not a capital letter, so it's not prophet, capital P, but the gift of the prophet and the gift of the apostle. Um, it's sometimes very easy for us to kind of elevate the person. And what I love about Ken and Michelle is they are just regular down-to-earth people like, like you and me. And uh, God has used them and is using them in, in a powerful way. And that's what we're hungry for. So we're, we're I trust, are hungry to, to receive whatever God would, would do through them as we do this interview and as we learn together and as they, as they minister. So does that sound good? I haven't had time to put the other microphone on, so I'm just going to use that if you guys don't mind. So... Um, so the first, uh, the first question I wanted to ask you guys is um, if you guys could just take a few moments to uh, just share a little of your testimony, firstly, of coming to know the Lord. I know it, um, you in particular, Ken, had a very radical and powerful salvation. Um, if you can share a little bit about that and then maybe um, uh, your journey to come to un- understand God's particular gifting and, and how, he, how he's, he started to use you. Morning. Hi to everybody. <laughs> This is very unusual sitting up here. <laughs> anyway, um, I was really very privileged in the way God called me. My parents were involved. My dad was an atheist. He, um, and then when he was about eight years old, when I was about eight years old, my grandmother, his mother, died. And that set him on a journey, and he got involved in a completely false religion. Now, he's a very heady person, very intellectual. But what it was, was basically a combination between Hinduism and Greek philosophy. I know it sounds weird, but that is what it was. So it was very heady, but they were slowly taking you into the depth of Hinduism. And that's what we were raised in. And when I was about 10, um, my mom and I had gone to, were trying to go to a Hare Krishna meeting. I mean, there was all this sorts of stuff. In fact, just to backtrack a bit, when I was about 
six years old, my mom used to take me to a haunted house for entertainment. There's a lot of occulting stuff, but honestly, but God is so good, and he is so faithful. So at 10 years old, we went to this place, and for some, place, for some reason, the place was closed. So we ended up going to a man's house where we were going to sit and meditate and all the rest of it, and they had the incense and the altar and all the rest of it. And I said to the man, um, I have not been initiated. I don't have a meditation because that's Eastern meditation, obviously. And he went to his bedroom, came back. He said, here, and he gave me a rosary. I mean, just that's a whole lot of various things. But anyway, he gives me the rosary, and he just said, take each bead and say, he paused. He said, just say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me. I mean, I don't know why he said that, because he was into false religion and obviously had been a Catholic. But when I said that, I meant it with all my heart. And that night, God broke into me. Literally, I was sitting there weeping, but not making a noise because I wasn't allowed to. And I knew that I knew that I knew the reality of Jesus. And I haven't got time to go on because we just have a limited time. But just to say, suffice to say that in the midst of everything, God kept me. God kept me. I didn't go to church until I was 23. But God never let, he gave me a dream of holding my hand. And he never let me go. Things like... um, when all the, all the kids around me started trying to smoke cigarettes and that, I wasn't tempted. It wasn't that I was strong. It was that God kept me. God was sovereignly keeping me until the time that I could link to the body of Christ. And it was just an amazing thing um, how he literally kept me. And all the demonic stuff around me, it didn't impact me at all. Today, my entire family is saved. Most of them in the ministry in some sort. Um, things got better for her when she married me. Good morning. Okay. <laughs> uh, things went downhill for seven years until I got saved. <laughs> I got saved at the age of 33, having no church background whatsoever and never having put my foot in a church. Uh, in our family, we're a very poor family. Uh, my biological father committed suicide, so I had a stepfather. But in that context, we never went to church, was not a discussion, religion was not part of our household discussion, but uh, by the grace of God, at the age of 33, he intervened into my life, otherwise obviously I wouldn't be here, (laughs) in a very, very, uh, very radical way, very radical, turned me upside down in one weekend, literally, and then uh, six months later, we were in full-time youth ministry, that's how fast it was for us. It was a very dramatic salvation for me, unlike, not that hers wasn't dramatic, but mine was, God, I think, had to shake me to get me, if you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah, so that's just a short of it, and it's been a wonderful journey since. You guys have been, um, you guys have shared over the years some amazing testimonies of the way God has used you um, to bring, uh, to see him bring freedom to people. Um, Maybe you can share just a short testimony of, um, how God has used you, maybe a particular example if you feel comfortable, but also maybe some mistakes that you've made along the way and, and things, that, things that you've learned about responding to, to, to the prompting and leading of, you know, of the Lord. I'll let Michelle share the mistakes because I don't have many. So. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> so I'll go for it. Um, I'll never forget, we were trying to, we, were, we just learned about the prophetic and slowly growing in it and we were sitting in a... Um, a youth meeting one, this was many years ago, sitting in the youth meeting, and um, I had a word for this guy. 
And I came to Ken, who was actually praying for him, and I said to him, I have a word for this guy. And he said, not now. And I was really miffed with him. I, was, I mean, it's like, doesn't he know I've got a word from the Lord? And <laughs> Anyway, so I'm sitting there. Now I'm getting more and more angry. So eventually I go back to Ken. I said, I have a word for him. He says, not now. So now I, I really cannot understand why he hasn't opened the door. So I'm sitting down again, and eventually I go up a third time. And I said to him, Ken, I really have a word for this guy. He looks at me and he says, and you're not bringing it. No. I was so angry with him. I cannot even tell you. I was furious. How dare he? You know, this is the word of the Lord. Anyway, he finishes praying for him and the man responds and says something. And when he says it, I realize that the word was 100% wrong. (laughs) And I had to eat such humble pie. But I learned in that the power of team and the power of working together, and that man, I would have totally taken him in a totally different direction. I was learning, and I got it wrong, and that's okay. But when you're in team, team covers you. Um, I, uh, by the grace of God, have had the privilege of being in situations where I have had the privilege of seeing God work in terms of very demonstrably um, one of the, uh, there have been a number of them, but the one for me that stands out, uh, particularly two, one in Vancouver and one actually from the church that this couple came from down in Pyramidsburg um, in South Africa. The man that leads that church, a man called Gron Crawford, I'd met him in airports in various places of the world, and we got chatting and connected, and, you know, him and his wife, and one day he asked me a question while we were having a meal in an airport. Ken, how does God use you? He said, just be honest with me. Just don't try and just be honest. Don't be, don't, you know. So I said, well, I believe at times God uses me in a way just to, in a sense, release his presence. So he says, good. That's what I want you to come and do in my church. I wanted to put all the words back in my mouth. But anyway, we made an arrangement six months down the line. And um, then the nerves started to get to me. Every day I was saying, Lord, help me. Because I knew that when I got there, if that didn't happen, we were going home early that night. And so we arranged a, an evening meeting to cut it short. And when I got there, I met with the leaders in the afternoon. And when I got to this meeting, there were people everywhere. But I mean everywhere. They were on the balcony, down the sides of the wall, down the aisles. And I turned to Grant and I said, what have you told these people? He just laughed at me. So anyway, um, we did the worship. I, haven't, I was so nervous. I'm just being honest. I was extremely nervous. I was shaking inside. And um, then, uh, so I don't know what we sang, and then he introduced me, and then he asked me to get up, and I just reverted back to what I revert back to in those situations. I began to share my testimony, and it was about 15 minutes into that, or 10 minutes into that, I felt God give me a gift of faith. I don't know how else to explain it. Just a gift of faith came upon me, and what that is, it's like you know with absolute insurance absolutely certainty about what's about to happen. There's no doubt whatsoever. And that's what helped me. And I just felt God say, I'm about to move across these people. So I said to Grant, God's going to do something. He said, do what you want to do. So I got, they were like seated like this in groups and I asked asked this group to stand. About 2,000 people. I asked this group to stand, just this group of people. And as they stood, I felt God just say, raise your hand and bless them. So I raised my hand and I said, in the name of Jesus, and literally, it was like a tornado hit that section. 
every single person got touched in some degree or another. And then I said, stand. So now my faith is very high, obviously. And then we went down the sections and did that. We started at 6 that evening, and we got home at 12, just in terms of what God did. But it's the key that I realized afterwards was this key, because that's what Steve wants to share. Three things. The way God was preparing me, that every day I prayed for that, that night, and there was a season beforehand that I would spend hours on my face before the Lord, crying out to him for other situations with our family, with our kids. They were not in a good place. So that was a good... Then when I got there, Grant had prepared that church. In the morning, Ray, who used to lead that church, Ray Oliver, preached on the Holy Spirit to prepare people. And then when Grant stood up to introduce us, because I'd never been there before, one of the things he said is, you can trust this man. Now, I take my hat off to him because he had never seen me minister before. But I realized in hindsight, those were keys to what God did there. The church prepared themselves. Grant opened a door because he's a leader, and a leader needs to open the door. You with me? And God was preparing my own heart for what happened. That was the work up to that, yeah. There's, um, we spent last summer, some of you will remember uh, talking, teaching on the gifts of the Spirit and uh, moving in the gifts of the Spirit as a church. Um, and there are a number of us at Church in the City who are very new to uh, the gifts of the Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Um, can you share some, um, some basic insights, some thoughts that, uh, that would help people who are, who are newly stepping into operating or understanding the ministry of the Holy Spirit? It's incredibly exciting. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how else to say that. It's like, it's moving from just trying to do everything right to flowing with the grace of God from within. It helps you every step of the way. And it's his life that pulsates through you. And you pick up on that, and he leads you and he guides you. It's the, the most awesome thing. Um, if you don't understand it, and I understand that because it's a journey we all go on, but really study up on that and get it into you. I know when I started, it, it changed my life. It literally changed my life. It moved a lot of stuff. I had, I had sensed God. I had, I had been saved. I had felt the presence of God, but it moved me from a place of striving to a place of being. It was incredible. The Bible clearly tells us, eagerly desire the gifts, and sometimes we don't understand what that looks like in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 13, 4, 12, 13, 14, 15, particularly key passages. And um, I think it's a journey we walk into. It's something that comes progressively as we keep our eyes on the Lord, that it begins to deposit within us, and we begin to learn to understand. It just takes time. Uh, the more we can begin to understand it and how God works in us and through us, the more, it, the more it activates through our lives, if you understand what I'm saying. It's God doing what only God can do through a human vessel. That's basically in the, the nuts and bolts of it. It's God doing what only God can do that no man can do through a human divine. It's a divine interaction through a human vessel to somebody else. And it has a supernatural element attached to it. So you can know things and see things that you did not know in the natural. 
but God is aware of it. And because of his love and grace, he reveals it to somebody to help someone else, to encourage, edify, build up, strengthen, not to bring down, not to tear down, not to diminish, not to reveal sin, no, to help. Because he loves. God loves. You guys have, um, one thing that's always been a, a kind of an earmark of your ministry is um, as much as you operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, you've always been so rooted in God's word. Um, and I, and I, I particularly love that about you. Can you explain or uh, why, is, why is that so important? Why is it so important to be rooted in God's word? Okay. <laughs> um, because of the way I got saved, which was very dramatic. So I had an encounter with Jesus, but I had no theology in me. So I needed to develop that over a period of time. And what that does, that just means getting the word inside you. It helps you understand who God is, who you are, and what you can trust him for, because it's written in the word. Without that, I don't know. I don't, so I can't live off an experience. I have to live off his, because his word roots me. His word establishes me, because the Bible says his word will never pass away. So no matter what happens in my life, that word is the stability inside me. That anchors me. That roots me. I've said it this way. The blood of Jesus is the detergent. It's God's detergent to clean us up. The Holy Spirit is God's enablement to set us free and to empower us to do what he wants us to. But the word of God establishes us, builds us, makes us strong. The Spirit of God, in a sense, doesn't make us strong like the Word of God does. And in the Bible, there's things. The Bible says, if you believe, this is what, if you believe my Word in 1 Thessalonians, this is what will happen. It's a hammer. It's a fire. It'll comfort. It'll, it'll correct. It'll strengthen. That's what it does. And only the Word can do that. That's why it's so important to get the Word in us. And it stabilizes us in truth. For example, we actually had somebody come to us. They were having an affair. And they really believed that they had now married the wrong person and God had this person for them. That has happened more than once. Well, if you go to the Word, you know that that is not a truth. And so it just stabilizes you and the feelings can be moved aside and all the, what you're going through. So it keeps truth in its place. It's that um, plumb line that keeps us in the right place. Because we can't live from our feelings. We've got to live from truth. Yeah. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. The feelings will follow. Yeah. Derek Prince said three things, fact, faith, and feelings. Put that in the right order. Find the fact of who Jesus is. Put your faith in that, and your feelings will follow. Ah. Amen. And only the word can tell us that. And that must be true, because they all start with the letter F. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly common, I think, for, for us as, as a church and for, for us as individuals to, you know, when we read, for example, the book of Acts, um, to, to really cry in our heart, Lord, we want to we see you do it again. We want to see what happened in the book of Acts um, happen again. And uh, for those who were at Friday night's worship time, there was this cry that we, this kind of prophetic song that we cried uh, come, Lord, as you promised. This desire for God to do again what, what we've seen written in the Word and what we've seen in, in, in revivals and of, of the past. 
So I'd love to, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on what can we do to play our part as a local church to prepare our hearts for, for God's revival fire. We want to see Chicago changed. We want to see Chicago turned upside down uh, uh, by the kingdom of God. But what, 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 do you, what, do you, what would you encourage us to do as a church to see the book of Acts in our city? Um, this is such a deep desire in our heart. It's something we're really passionate about, to see just the glory of God come, to see his presence come, to see revival comes into to areas, into Jesus' church, to see him come and revive his people. And the end result is not really the revival, as beautiful as that is, but it's to see lives changed, to see cities changed. We read about revivals, and we're passionate about it. We were blessed to be part of, not part of, but to attend the Brownsville Revival, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, but there's, there's that stirring up that hunger. So it's like we're satisfied in God, but we're never satisfied with what we have because there's always more. That hunger, that passion, stir it up in us. Get into the Word. Get into t- t- taking time to pray corporately, individually, these things, they sound fairly basic, and they sound like, yeah, well, I'd have a tough time, but we've got to push through that. We've got to pray, get into worship, get into those things like a night like the other night, which just facilitates the presence of God coming. It just facilitates. And I don't really know that there's outside of that more than we can do in a sense of other than getting into his word, seeking God more and more. Asking for more hunger, more passion, a greater desire. Lining our lives up with the things of the kingdom. Putting his priorities first. um, And trusting him and knowing that he's coming. And we're going to see these things happen. It's a passion in my heart, so that's why I'm a little um, emotional. I think it takes time to cultivate your own life. Because it starts with you. And as each individual in you allows God to cultivate it within you, when you come corporately together, there's something that's a greater release. Because there's a difference between an individual and a corporateness. When a corporate comes together and you're one heart and one mind, there's a dimension we go to in God that you cannot reach as an individual. But it's a cultivating. It's an environment you develop in your own life. And there's only one word I can give you that will develop that. Hunger. Hunger. When you're hungry, you go to the fridge. (laughs) Where's the food, mom? You know, kids running in, where's the food? I'm hungry, I'm hungry. That's in the natural. When that happens in your heart, nothing satisfies but God to fill that hunger. And if you don't have it, I encourage you to ask God to give it to you because that's where it starts, hunger, hunger. And then what he does is he wakes you up in all hours of the night or he gives you times where you just cry out. I find in my life the greatest prayer that I cry is not so much the words that come out of me but the groans that come from deep within. Just, oh, God, I don't even know what to say anymore. You with me? He's preparing you for something. It's coming. 
And when you haven't got that hunger and we ask God, um, we can't just ask God and then carry on in our merry way. We've got to give time to be with him so that he can do it. We need to set aside time intentionally and to worship through any whatever. So it's cultivating an environment in your life. That's all it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last, uh, last question, and then I'm kind of going to, I'm going to ask the question, and then I'm going to get off the stage and allow you guys just to, just to minister over us. Um, but uh, behind me is, is the kind of banner statement uh, of our vision and values, um, all of Jesus for everyone, this desire for us to um, know and experience and enjoy and be transformed by the fullness of who Jesus is, and for for that to be experienced by everyone in here and everyone in our city, this, this longing for, for revival, as we, as we spoke of. Um, I'd love to, you know, God's done some incredible things this weekend. You've been coming here for 14 years. I'd love to hear what is on your heart. What do you, what do you believe is on God's heart for our church? And then I'd, I'm going to hand you up, kind of just allow you to minister over us. So is that good? All right. All right, I, have, I feel I have a word for your church, so I'll hand to Michelle, go into that, and then say something. Um, for me, it hasn't, in one sense, hasn't really changed from when we very first started coming here. I remember one of the first things I felt very deeply for this church is that God was going to use this church to dig up wells, the wells of what God had done many years ago through Moody, through whatever, just those wells that just to... to the expression of, of what God had done many years ago is going to use them to dig up wells, use this church, and it's going to stir that, and it's going to come. But when that comes, it comes, it's like that is the well, and it comes up and gushes out, but it comes with a greater power and a greater strength. And I feel that the church needed to get established and it needed to get positioned in a sense of establishing all the rest of it. And I think that's coming. I think that you, you're fairly well established. And I think that season is really coming. And that's going to just pour out. I love that statement. Because that's what it's about. Um, and when we were worshipping, I felt I had a word for your church and uh, I felt the word that the Lord would say to you as a church is, and I forgot it was your 14th birthday, to be honest. <laughs> so it's, it's quite, I feel it's quite key that it happens to be on this day. I felt the Lord would say to you as a church that, have I not brought you this far? And be strong and courageous, for I'm about to take you in. I have brought you out, but I'm about to take you in. Therefore, prepare yourself, because I'm about to take you in. Just as I brought you out, I'm taking you in. And I felt the Lord say, some of the promises that I've given you will be fulfilled in the near future. Some of the longings of your heart, that's taking you in. And I wrote it down just so I don't forget it. And I felt God strongly say, if I've led you this far, will I not lead you into the future? And for those of you that stood up here on the stage, you might say, but we haven't been here for 14 years. That's immaterial. You're part of it already. You, ref you, you, you enjoy the spoils of victory, even though you've only been here for one day or one week, because you're part of this family. 
if you understand what I'm saying. And I felt God say, be strong, be courageous, for I'm about to take you in. Your season is changing. Where you came to to now and what you did to get here will change because what got you here will not take you in. So I'm going to do some new things so it can take you in to all that I have for you. And I feel like that's changed in the spirit today. And 14 years, Jacob waited 14 years to marry the love of his life, Rachel. And I feel that's significant for you people. He worked 14 hard years to get the love of his life. And I feel like the 14 hard years are now finished. That's now years of fruit and enjoyment and seeing the fulfillment of God. Because I'm about to take you in. Be strong and courageous. But it's because of that statement, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1, John the Baptist said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's the ministry of Jesus. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. These two truths are twin truths. And I asked Matt for a... Where's Matt? It's not here. For a, a note. And he only gave me a $1 note. little miserly. <laughs> I wanted a $100 note. But this note has two sides to it. For the full value... For the fullness of this value of this note, it has to have both sides. Then it has value to buy what it's worth. These two twin truths are like this note. We need both of them to walk into all that God has for us. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. One prepares us and gets us in position and cleanses us, and redeems us, for the price was paid by Jesus Christ. The second one is still the ministry of Jesus Christ, where I enable you to do what I did here in Chicago. So, Isaiah 61 says, all these things will happen so that he may be glorified, that people will know who I am. The cry of my heart is that people would see the authentic Jesus Christ, not the watered-down Jesus Christ. The authentic Jesus Christ, the one who sits at the right-hand side of the Father, who has all authority and all power, who has won the victory, who it is done. He destroyed sin. He forgives sins. He releases us from bondage. He has done it all. It's done. He's not coming back to do it. It's, it's finished. Past tense. <laughs> now we're appropriating it because it's done. That's the journey we're on, if you understand what I'm saying. And I feel that those two twin trees are key not only for now, but also for your future. And those truths I continually bring back into my own life. The Lamb of God, Jesus, I'm forgiven, I'm redeemed, I'm bought to the price. Not because I deserve it, because you love me. 
I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it, but you love me. But at the same token, you empower me to do what you've called me to do and the walk you've called me to walk. Human being is an incredible, it's the pinnacle of God's creation, man and woman. And it's the only instrument in a sense that God has created that has the capacity to receive God and reveal God. Mankind. To receive God and reveal God. And that's why that statement's about. It's to receive God and reveal God. Amen. So I feel like this morning, I don't even know what the time is, 11.25. I feel like God wants to minister to you folk. I feel like God wants to, because I feel like today's a change for you. You change in season. You're changing over. You might not be aware of it, but in the eyes of the Lord, you change in season. You're changing over. You've come out. You're established in the Spirit. But now you're going into, if you understand what I'm saying. But don't forget those two twin truths. Thank you, my dear. Sorry, I got notes all over the show. Because, uh, that's the way I operate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what I feel like God wants to do is God wants to allow you to understand it in a way that he can bring it to you and you can understand it. So, I don't stand now, but I'm going to ask you all to stand. And then, thank you, Hayden. It is Hayden, hey? Yes, it is Aiden. Yeah, sorry, that's me. I get so focused, I lose people's names. It's not because I don't like you. I do. I promise you, I do. But I get too focused. Okay. I feel God's going to do some stuff in your midst today. There's no rush. As you become aware of his presence, you become aware because that's what's changing now. It's like the atmosphere is changing. As you become aware, you, it's his manifest presence. It's like he, he's been here the whole morning with us, but now it's in a different manner. It's in a different way because God inhabits what he creates. Whatever God built, He puts Himself in it. The tabernacle, the temple, now mankind. Because that's His desire. As you come aware of His presence, you just stand where you are. And all you're doing is you're saying, God, I'm just acknowledging you. want some of those to start standing and then that's okay, that's it some of you are going to weep for what's coming some of you are going to feel the power of God that you haven't felt before for some of you is changing the way you're going to think into the future Some of you, you felt like you've been in a season where you've worked for Pharaoh all your life. 
mean worked in the world. It's like the world's dictated to you. And I feel the Father would say, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to put your foot upon a rock. I'm going to put a song in your heart. And although you will continue to be in the world, but you will not be of it any longer. You will begin to think like I want you to think from a kingdom perspective. Thank you, Lord. Father, come and move like only you can now across this church in the name of Jesus. Come and blow over your people. Come and blow over your people, Lord. Come and blow over your people, God. Come and blow over your people, Father. Come and blow over your people, Lord. In Jesus' name. Some of the pain of the past will leave. Some of the heartache of the 14 years and the struggles, the misunderstandings, and the hurt and the difficulties will come off you now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Bring healing to your people, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, even more. Increase. Father, ask increase. You're shifting. You're shifting gears. You're shifting seasons. You're shifting something for this church, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. gently blow over this mic, that's all just because I feel I've got to do it, I don't often do this Father let the wind of your spirit come blow over your people Lord saturate your people you're the lamb that was slain you're the lamb that was slain you're the lamb that was slain so that we may be forgiven and receive your righteousness. But you're also the God who empowers. pray for people, not about us but we just feel we've got to release something so I'm going to ask, even if you're sitting if you feel like that's you, you're going to say God put a hunger in my heart shift something in me I need you to do it Lord, I cannot do it I'm going to all to do is ask you to come forward because I can't get to you all, no other reason, if you could just come forward, we're just going to you know, I'm going to spend long because I want you to be a God thing not a man thing if you feel you want to stay where you are and just receive from God, that's fine. That's fine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing. 
thank you. God is going to touch some of you very powerfully this morning, people. I just sense that. I just feel that. Thank you. You might not understand it all, but that's okay. That's okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shifting, changing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Release in the name of Jesus. Just a fresh anointing for this new season. Fresh anointing for this new season, Lord. Fresh anointing. Thank you, Lord. Just a fresh anointing for this. Just a fresh anointing, Lord. A fresh anointing. Fresh anointing for a new season. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just release your power. Release your power. Release your presence. Release what only you can do, Father. What only you can do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And sometimes maybe you felt like you're going to be left behind. The Lord says, no, not at all, my son. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Thank you, God. Thank you for this man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just do everything that only you can do, Lord. Just release it. Release your power. Thank you, Father. Thank you. That's okay. Thank you for this man, Lord. Thank you for this man. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for the journey he's on. Thank you for the journey you're taking him into, Lord. Thank you for what he's doing in his life even now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Am I not putting a new cloak on you, my son? Am I not putting a new cloak on you, my son? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Something of Joseph, here, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come and blow upon these people, Lord. Just come and blow upon these people. Thank you, God. Just come and blow upon these people. Blow more, Lord. Just deep inside, deep inside. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. Glory like of God, come. Promise, yes, thank you, Lord. Like Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. That's it. That's it. All over you, young man. All over you. The Spirit of God all over you. That's okay. Thank you, Lord. Shake what you need to, Lord, in and out. And thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your presence. Some of you will shake. Some of you will cry. Some of you will just sense his presence. And that's fine. Thank you, God. Thank you. More, 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 more. Thank you, Jesus. Just facilitate what you're doing here, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for this man here. Let him receive it all, Lord. Capacity, capacity to receive deep inside. Even more, even more, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Increase in large, increase in large, increase in large, increase in large. Thank you, Lord, for this faithfulness of this man. Through the years, through the years, through the years. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for the new season in his life, Lord. The new season in his life. Thank you for that, Lord. Hallelujah. Just keep waiting. Just let God do it. Just let God do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just 